Hey, this is Nathan Jenkins from Loon Mountain Ministry, and I want to thank you for checking out our podcast today. We welcome you to join us, the trees, the rocks, and all of creation as we worship our great God. Enjoy the message. Uh, can you hear me all right? Yes. Okay, good. We are back in the book of Job. And um, one of the things uh, that uh, they're doing in the being and doing um, uh, SFC curriculum that you should totally dive into, it's really cool, is they're, 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 they're doing some things with the Bible Project. And if you have not gone online uh, and YouTube the Bible Project, you totally should. It's absolutely uh, incredible. And so some of the language that I'm going to use today is some that I've learned from the Bible Project. And one of the things that they said I like is that the attributes of God, a lot of times in Scripture, are given uh, personality. They're given personal pronouns. And these characteristics of God, uh, or these attributes of God, are characters in the story, right? So there's characters in stories that we absolutely love. And if you can see God's Word as, as this story, right? This, and it is a story, and, and you can understand the story. The story is about Jesus coming to earth, God becoming human, so that we might be in relationship with God. Um, you find all of these characters in the Bible, and these characters are God's attributes. Let me, let me give you uh, an example. We're getting back into wisdom, the books of wisdom, Job, uh, Proverbs, and, and um, Ecclesiastes. Those are the book of, of wisdom. Uh, here's from the book of Proverbs uh, about the characteristic of wisdom. You know, the, the attribute of wisdom of God being a character with personal pronouns. And like this, this is from Proverbs chapter 8, verses 27 through 31. It says this, Wisdom was a co-worker in the creation. I was there when he set the heavens in place. When he marked out the horizons on the face of the deep. When he established the clouds above and fixed them securely to fasten to the deep with the mountains, when he gave the sea its boundaries so the water would not overstep its command, when he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was consistently at his side. I was filled with delight day after day, rejoicing always in his presence, rejoicing in his whole world and delighting in humankind. That was wisdom. Did you hear that? Wisdom had a personhood. Wisdom had a personal pronoun. And men, in the book of Proverbs... Women, it, it, uh, wisdom is a woman. It says her, it says she. I think that's very, um, very proper for my household. I don't know about yours, but it makes sense in my household. Um, but, but wisdom has a personal pronoun. Today, uh, Jim and you in the book of Job read about another attribute of God. Another attribute of God. When Heidi and I first moved here Labor Day weekend 2012, 2012, I don't know, maybe it was within that first week, we had one of those classic early September humid thunder showers around 5, 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock at night. And I had never lived here before. But what I found is that a thunderstorm, if a thunderstorm comes through the Pemigewasset Valley at just the right, you know, latitude, that it will strike up in the Pemigewasset Valley, and it will roll. That thunder will roll down the Pemigewasset River and come right down through 112 in the Kank. You guys know what I'm talking about? I bet you feel it, Nancy, over on 118, right? You live on 118. I'm sure if, it stri- if lightning strikes in a specific place on Musalak, it will roll and it will shake your house. 
I, I had not really experienced that. I haven't lived in a valley that's surrounded by 4,000 foot mountains. And so when a lightning strikes just perfect down in this valley, that thunder has no place to go, the sound. And so it just comes echoing down the valley. It got my attention that first day. It, that time, that first, that first Lincoln thunderstorm uh, that I got. It got my attention. And today, we're talking about God's power. God's power. This is why I think it's interesting. So I did some research on lightning. I did some research on lightning. You know, scientists, scientists, when they look at things that happen in nature, they want to ask the question, why? Why does this happen in nature? Now, we know how lightning happens. But the why, there is not a scientist on earth that can explain to you what the natural benefit of lightning is. There's absolutely not one. I think this is incredible to me. They, they can tell you the natural benefit of, of rain or, or, or of snow or of different things that happen. They also can tell you the how that happens. But when it comes to lightning, they can tell you the how. And I'm about ready to tell you the how right now because it's really incredibly cool. But no scientist can tell you the why. Like, What's the natural benefit uh, of lightning? Listen to this. This is the how of lightning. Lightning occurs when a negative charge at the bottom of a cloud reaches out and connects to a positive charge. That positive charge might be in the cloud, it might be in another cloud, or it might be here on Earth. Did you know that only 20% of lightning strikes are actually from cloud to the Earth? That 80% of lightning strikes are actually cloud to cloud lightning strikes. Isn't that incredible? And this is how it happens. Have you ever walked across carpet with, with stocking and then you felt your hair kind of stand up on your arm or on your head and you went to go and get a microphone from your friend and went whoop zap, right? That's lightning. You're the cloud, you're the negative charge, and your positive charge reached out, right? Or do you remember being the kid and you put your hand on that, you know, um, that ball and your hair would stand on end and then you'd go and shock a friend? You know, you did that. Have you ever moved an old mattress that has the uh, metal springs inside it? If you take that metal, it actually hurts. I've done it many times. Take the mattress and slide it across the carpeting while keeping your hands on the mattress. It's really weird. If you get electrical shock from a mattress, it's, it's like, ah, right? And, and, and so I, I also have to confess that uh, my grandparents had a dairy farm right down the road from us. And on the dairy farm, there was the electrical fence. And we loved to play with people that did not understand the concept of an electrical fence. You guys ever remember the fresh air kids that would come up from the city? We would all have them grab the electrical fence. It's not very nice, is it? But my grandfather was so immune to the electrical fence that he wouldn't shut it off to work on it. He would totally wrap, wrap it around those insulators while it was still on. He used to invite you to come out and see the cows, and he would hold the electrical fence down. He'll push the barbed wire down so we could all step over it. And if he thought he was funny, every now and then he'd reach out and grab one of the person's shoulders, you know, to ground them too. He could do that. He could literally just, I remember thinking my grandfather was so cool. I remember one time, have you ever been electrocuted so hard that you got held by the charge? One time something happened in our camper when we lived in the front yard of my grandparents' house when we didn't have a house. Something happened where our, our camper was 
like wired wrong or the electricity. So the outside of the camper was charged. And as a young boy, I don't know how old I was, but I went and I did one of those things where I stepped, you know, on the on the camper step and grabbed the metal the metal handle and I began to get electrocuted and I couldn't let go. I was like this six-year-old just going, <laughs> you know, and thankfully my dad was nearby because he just ran around the camper and just unplugged it from the house and I was like, ah! and I went down, you know, right? Electricity gets our attention. And in a cloud, ice particles, moisture particles that are frozen are rubbing up and down with the air rising and falling. And as they do, they create a negative charge. This is crazy. The negative charge weighs more than the positive charge. So the negative charge settles at the bottom of the cloud. The positive charge goes to the top. They are away from each other. And if a positive charge on the ground is closer, it'll reach out. And did you know that lightning goes from the ground up? and not from the, the cloud down. Pretty crazy, right? And this is what happened when a lightning bolt strikes the earth. It, right, it produces five billion watts of energy. One lightning bolt is five billion watts of energy. It's enough to turn the lights on in the entire and all the boroughs of New York City. 10 million people turning lights on in one bolt of lightning. 5 billion watts. It is 18,000 degrees Fahrenheit. 18,000 degrees Fahrenheit. Scientists will tell you how lightning happens. Not one of them can tell you why. According to the book of Job, I think it's pretty clear... Why lightning and thunder exist on earth? It says it right here. I love it. It says this. God, in, in verse 5, God's voice thunders in marvelous ways. He does great things beyond our imagination, beyond our understanding. So that everyone, so that everyone he has made may know his work. He stops all people from their labor. When God exhibits his power in thunder and lightning, when he exhibits his power in a, in a snowstorm or a rainstorm and the rushing of the water or the raising of a river. Was anyone here during uh, Sandy or anyone here during Irene or anyone here during that massive rainstorm a couple falls ago when the massive granite blocks that are out behind the lodge let go, and these granite blocks are about the size of me. They're like six foot squared granite blocks, so I have no idea how much that weighs, but it weighs a lot. The water was tumbling those big square six foot granite blocks as if they were Legos. Literally was tumbling them. And what would happen is that's, that granite block would get stuck in this one rapid where it would just tumble over and over again, and it would smash against the ledge. Heidi and I went out walking in the storm. Because I don't know about you, you're not probably supposed to do this, but I love to walk in storms. And you know who got me into walking in storms? My grandmother. My grandmother loves to walk in storms. And so do I. So Heidi and I, during that hurricane, went out for a walk. 
and we stopped on the other side of Old Hole, on the loon side of Old Hole, and we walked out to where the ledge is, you know, where the earth, the, the, the topsoil gives way, and you come out onto that ledge, and Heidi quickly back up and ran back into the woods, because when you stood on that ledge, I'm not kidding you, it sounded like there was a fireworks show in the middle of a grand finale, about five miles away, because it went, and you could feel it in your stomach and in your feet on the ledge. I stepped back and said, God, you are powerful. Now, if you're conservative, and if you are a Baptist, you focus a lot on God's power. You like it. You like order. Like black and white, you like power. However, if you read your Bible, you will find that God's power gets our attention. But it is God's kindness that gets our action or our response. It says this in the book of Romans, chapter 2, verse 4. Or do you not show contempt for the riches of his kindness, forbearance, and patience, not realizing that it is God's kindness that leads us to repentance? You see Jesse over there? When I snap my fingers, Jesse stops what he's doing and he looks. Why? Because he associates that noise with dad's power. But I pray and I hope, and I'm not perfect, I'm a very faulty dad, but I pray that he knows how much I love him. He knows how much I care for him. That it is my love that, will, that he knows is, I'm asking him to do something different. So there's many times that I've gone, and I'll be like, Right? And it's the power that I have that when I snap my finger, he stops and looks. Another thing that we've learned from my mother from parenting is if you've been around us, you'll know that with our kids, especially when they were like two, five, you know, three, four, all those age, and we'll go, right? And they'll stop in their tracks and look to get our attention. And that's just something my mother taught us. So that way we don't have to be in a store going, no, no, don't, no, don't do that, no, no. Like, sometimes I'd lose my patience and resort to that. But a lot of times, it, that actually wasn't as effective as going, tch, tch. and you know how every single one of my kids learned that? And you know how every single, me, how I learned that? Was when, I don't know, when did you start crawling? Is it six months-ish? Six to eight months, is that when you start crawling? Ballpark? I don't remember this because I was six to eight months, but apparently my mom would sit on the hearth of our wood stove. We had a big yodel, number four. Remember those big egg eggshells? Did you realize that those yodel, they would glow red? And mom would run it like that. I mean, it would glow red. And then what would a six to eight month old do when there's a large red glowing thing in the middle of the living room? Oh. Right? But... The, the surface of that stove is, I don't know, four, five, six, seven hundred degrees. I don't know how much. And my mom would sit on that hearth, 
and would let me crawl towards it. And as soon as I would reach out my hand, she'd go, and hit my hand. And I'd sit back, you know, on my diaper and look at her like, why did you do that? And then I'd get distracted and I'd go over to my toy for a minute. And then I'd be like, oh, that glowy thing. And I'd crawl back over and reach my hand. And she'd still be sitting on the hearth reading or watching TV. And she'd go, what are you doing? But I associated with the power of my mom or my dad. And what's crazy is we've lost it. We did the same thing with our kids. I sat in the front of the wood stove in our living room in Wilton, Maine, and every time Abishai crawled up, I'd go, slap her hand. You know, and she'd be a big, big puppy eyes. What are you doing? But now to this day, if I do with any of my children, they, they look around. Actually, Jesse left. He's like, I'm out of here. I don't like this anymore. But here's the thing. I'm a faulty dad. There are many times that I punish my children or get my children's attention for selfish reasons, for selfish gain. Our Heavenly Father does not. He is perfect. He is holy. And so there's some things that happen in your life that I wish would not have happened or do not happen. But it is the power of the Almighty that gets your attention. But if it is God's power that leads you to repentance, you will become a legalistic jerk that no one wants to be around and you're going to have a really hard time convincing others to come to your Father. But if God's power gets your attention, then your belief, your faith in His goodness, His kindness, His compassion, His slow-to-anger nature, if that is what gives your heart response to say, Lord, you are right, I am wrong. You are holy, I am faulty. I am sin, you are perfect, I confess. And I come to you, Holy Father, who are good and who are loving and who are kind. Thank you for your power that got my attention, but thank you for your love that brought you to the cross. Because see, compassion overcame power on the cross because the Bible says that Jesus could have called a league of angels to take him down. But he gave up his power out of love to save you and I. So the next time you experience God's power in a storm or water or some natural phenomenon, you thank him for his power. But you thank him for his grace and his goodness and his compassion. That it was love that compelled God to save you and I, to save the world. And Jim, thank you for your wisdom. Next time you hear a thunderstorm, next time you experience a, a snowstorm or a rainstorm, slow down. Take a look around. If you're reminded of God's power, let it get your attention. Then ask the Holy Spirit to lead your heart to confession because of God's kindness and His goodness. Jesus, we thank You for Your Word. We thank You that it is true today. It is true today. From 1 Corinthians chapter 9, Lord, where we become all things to all people, so that we might win some for the sake of the Gospel. Lord, thank You for the book of Job that reminds us of Your power, Your majesty. Lord, thank You for Your compassion and your love and that it is your kindness that leads us to a response of confession and repentance.
Thank you for this time. Thank you for the people watching online and for our people here. You are so good to us. We pray for those, those, those churches that are just trying to figure out what to do, Lord, with the new shutdown. Give us wisdom as we seek for you, Lord, the guidance on what we should do. Thank you for our leaders. Give them wisdom. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. We here at Loon Mountain Ministry are committed to loving God, serving community, and enjoying mountains. We want to thank you for being a part of our collective high five this week as we seek to be a light in the White Mountains and all around the world. Please feel free to reach out to us at info at loonmtnministry.com so we can get more connected. See you guys.